In the Bible, it clearly says that God justifies, quote, him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, unquote. How can that be? Well, find out next on the Daily in Christ podcast. Welcome once again to Daily in Christ podcast. I'm Mark Van Oos, and we are moving through a powerful teaching series called Blessed Beyond Imagination. And that's not an overstatement of the fact that God is that good and He is that amazing of a blessing God. But the problem is, most Christians have no idea about our Father God's heart to bless us. Because many times our thought is, yes, but I've done this wrong and I've done that wrong. But we have been seeing in the last few episodes that God actually blesses those who don't deserve to be blessed. Well, why is that the case? That God does this, that he blesses those who don't deserve it for one reason. Because God is that good. He alone is worthy of the glory of God. Then last time we talked about the person who is the most blessed of all, and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Son of Man and the Son of God. As the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ is the most blessed human being there ever was or ever will be. He is also Son of God, which means that he's 100% divine. Think about that. The Lord Jesus Christ is 100% Son of God, divine, and 100% Son of Man, human. How can that be? I don't know, except this is God, and he is that powerful. And do you realize that God's humanity does not diminish his divinity, and his divinity does not diminish his humanity? And he is, as son of man, human, according to his humanity, the firstborn of the Heavenly Father. And remember that the firstborn means that that is the child that gets as heir, the choice and best blessing of all. The firstborn is the most blessed child of all. The Bible tells us also in Romans 8, 29, that Jesus is the firstborn over a new creation, a new human race. Not a race that's based on Adam's failure, when he sinned and rebelled against God, and that brought in sin, condemnation, and death into the human race. That's uh, talked about in Romans chapter 5. But Jesus is the last Adam. He is righteous and blessed, and he brings forth a new human race, Romans chapter 5, verse 11. Jesus is the firstborn of this new race of blessed human beings, and he sits right now at the Father's right hand 
on the throne of God. That's the favored place. And as such, the Lord Jesus Christ is the heir, the rightful heir of all. He is king and ruler seated at his father's right hand. He's reigning in heaven with power. Now you might say, well, wait a minute, Mark. Jesus does deserve to be blessed. I thought you were talking about people who don't deserve to be blessed. True. But you see, because Jesus deserves to be blessed, someone else who doesn't deserve to be blessed is indeed richly blessed. And that someone is you, dear believer, and every single person who is in Christ. Well, that's where we left the last time. Today, we want to dig into that even further. But before we do, let's take time right now to go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. And Father, it is an awesome privilege that we can call you our Father. It's because of your heart of love. It's because, Lord, you have brought us into your family through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Holy Spirit. Father, we recognize that in and of ourselves, we don't deserve to be blessed. In fact, and Lord, we'll see this today together, we deserve the exact opposite. But Lord, because of your incredible intervention of love and grace through your Son, Jesus Christ, we are made partakers of righteousness. We are justified. We are given the same standing that Jesus enjoys before you, Father, and we're so grateful for that. Lord, through your word, guide me as I teach this. Lord, help us to hear. Help us by the Holy Spirit to see you in a clearer, brighter light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, friend, you and I, we do not deserve to be blessed. And that's because of our own sin, idolatry, and rebellion against God. In fact, because of that, we actually deserve damnation and judgment. That's what we find in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, that says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And then later on in Romans, uh, throughout the rest of Romans chapter 1, it unfolds this idea. Then going into uh, Romans chapter 3, we read this, and this is... Uh, these are hard verses for us to, to, uh, to absorb, but it's true. It says, there's none righteous, beginning in verse Romans 3.10. No, not one. No one understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. I don't think there's any way out of that. The entire human race has fallen and none are righteous. In Ephesians chapter 2, the first three verses are vivid about this fall and the effect that it's had on the human race. Then in verse 3, it says this, among whom also we all, you and I, friend, 
all in the human race. There's no exceptions except the Lord Jesus Christ. We all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. That's in Ephesians 2, 3. And you understand that God's wrath is not some sort of senseless temper tantrum. His wrath is the result of his goodness manifested in his justice. Look, God would no longer be good if he let sin and evil carry on forever. The Bible clearly teaches of a coming day of wrath. But did you know that the only one who has the right to judge and condemn us, and by the way, I will ask people, say, in a Bible study, can the devil ever condemn you? And a lot of, most people will say yes. But do you realize, no, the devil cannot condemn you or I. He is an accuser. It says over in Revelation 12, he's the accuser of the brethren, but he has no legal right to judge. He is not the judge. It says, and the Lord says this, Lord Jesus, of himself, he says, the Father has entrusted all judgment to me. So the one who has the right to judge, the one who has the right to condemn is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Not you, not your feelings, not your emotions, not your thinking, not the devil, not your mama, not your papa, only The Lord Jesus Christ has the right to sit as judge. But did you know that that only one who has the right to judge and condemn you or me now intercedes for us? He stands in our defense. We read about this in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, that says this, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, who furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Wow, Romans 8.34. And by the way, Jesus interceding for us isn't about him trying to convince an unwilling and judgmental heavenly father to accept us or like us. No, no way. You see, this is our Father's heart to love us and make a righteous way for us to be his children, to be his rightful heirs, joint heirs with Christ, as it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, and to enjoy his love and blessings forever. That's our Father's heart. It is our Father's will to do this. It says in John 3.16, a famous verse many know, God, that's Father God, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3.16. And then in Ephesians 2.4, remember we read Ephesians 2.3 where it says we all were by nature children of wrath, even as the others. The next verse Ephesians 2.4 says this, but God, and you see where it says God in the Bible, that's Father God. But God, Father God, who is rich in mercy 
because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. That's Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. And listen to this. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. By the way, it's a good idea if you can listening to this podcast, to have your Bible out. It's a good idea to look up these verses yourself, absorb them, not just with the ear, but with the eye. Obviously, be careful if you're driving, you don't want to do that, or in other kind of situation, maybe you're on the job using your hands, that's fine. Listen carefully, but uh, it's a good idea to listen to this podcast with your Bible open. Romans 5, 6 to 10 says this, And again, we're reflecting on our Father's heart of love that motivates all that the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. Romans 5, beginning in verse 6, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died, mark it, for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Listen to verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That's in Romans 5, verses 6 through 10. I don't know what this does for you, friend, but this is, this is just blessing me. That God's love would go to such great depths, such great heights to do this for us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, every single person who is in Christ absolutely does not deserve to be blessed. Yet, we are indeed richly blessed because we are in the one who is is the most blessed of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Every single person who is in Christ absolutely does not deserve to be blessed. And yet, we are indeed richly blessed because we are in the one who is the most blessed of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is because of the great love of our Father God, Ephesians 2.4. Listen to these verses from the Old Testament, which reached forward prophetically into the New Testament and what our Lord Jesus Christ would do for us to put us into such a blessed condition, even in place and position and privilege, even though we don't deserve it. King David was used of the Holy Spirit to prophesy, Psalm 32, beginning in verse 1. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute iniquity. Blessed is the he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. 
And again, verse 2, blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Did you hear that? Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute iniquity. Now, let's let's unpack this a little bit. The word impute, the Greek word logizomai, means to count something to someone, to somebody. Um, it means to reckon something to a person. It's an accounting term, to put it to his account, either in his favor or for what he must be answerable for. You see, God is not imputing what you and I deserve, curses and judgment. We deserve to have that to our account. To the contrary, God himself is accounting, imputing to us his righteousness and his blessedness. Now, here's a word, here's a picture. Imagine that you are $250,000 in debt, and then someone comes along and deposits $1 million into your account. Now, you did not work for that $1 million, nor did you earn it. That $1 million was credited to you. Now, you can pay off all of your debts with lots left over. You can do that, not because you are so good, but because of someone else's work and kindness on your behalf. You see, you are blessed even though you didn't deserve it or work for it. Now, this has direct application to us. When God credits righteousness to your account through faith in Jesus Christ, who is it that gets the blessing of God's righteousness credited to them? It says the ungodly. You do, my friend. I do. Now, what do we deserve? We deserve judgment and wrath for our sin, our unrighteousness, and our ungodliness. But thank God, you and I don't get that. Because, as it says in Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. And who gets the glory? Do we get the glory? (laughs) No. God gets the glory and the praise because he is God. He is that good. Now, I know someone might say, now, wait a minute, Mark. Isn't that stretching Psalm 32, 1 and 2 to mean something it really isn't saying? To which I would say, oh, really? You see, the exact same text is used over in the New Testament in the book in the Bible of all 66 books that is the key book about the gospel, and that is the book of Romans. And in Romans chapter 4, beginning in verses 5 through 7, listen to this. It says this, But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. And here he goes, quoting Psalm 32, 1 and 2. 
Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. That's in Romans 4, verses 5 through 7. A few things I want you to observe in these verses in Romans 4. Number one, God justifies the ungodly. He justifies them. So what does it mean to be justified? It means that we are given the same standing before God that Jesus has. And let me ask you, what kind of standing does the Lord Jesus have before his heavenly Father? (laughs) Well, we know that's easy. He's got a perfectly righteous standing, a perfectly blessed standing. He has a standing with the Father that is always good and never, ever bad. And look at this in Romans chapter 3, verse 26. Here's the bearing that that standing of the Lord Jesus has on us. It says this, Romans 3, 26. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, watch this, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Romans 3, 26. You see, first of all, the Lord Jesus Christ is just. He is perfectly righteous. He has a perfectly good standing with holy God. Number two, not only is he just, the Lord Jesus, and this is so good for us, is justifier. He makes us just by imputing his righteousness to us. His righteousness, his standing before God the Father is credited to our account. You see, we're justified by Christ's righteousness and not our own. This, my friend, is what is referred to in Romans 5 as the gift of righteousness. You see, my friend, you get into all of this, all of this blessing, all of this privilege, all of this good standing because of Jesus in his justness justifying you and I and giving that perfect standing of being credited with all that he has before the Father. Now back to Romans 4, 5. It says this, But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. You see what it says? To him who does not work, Jesus said the same thing to the people who asked him. They had this question in John 6. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus responded and said this, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. That's in John chapter 6, verses 28 through 29. You see, it says, again, Romans 4 says, But to him who does not work. But to him who believes on him who justifies the ungodly. Who is he who justifies the ungodly? Why, it's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And it says that faith, not in your own righteousness, in fact, throwing your righteousness out on the heap, the Bible says it is as filthy rags over in Isaiah. And then it says in 
Philippians 3, that it's like dung. It stinks. Our righteousness stinks before God because we're stealing God's glory. But when we trust in him who justifies the ungodly, the Lord Jesus Christ, that faith is accounted to us, to our credit, to our account for righteousness. Just as David describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. 2 Corinthians 5.19, oh, this is so good, says this, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the reconciliation, the word of reconciliation. And then later on in 2 Corinthians 5, it says this, For he, God the Father, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And don't mistake it, that's not you trying to earn and deserve righteousness. No, it's receiving the gift of righteousness, justification through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God the Father, through the righteousness of the perfect Son of God and Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, God does not credit your sin against you. He credits Christ's righteousness on your behalf. And that is what the Bible calls justification. You are given Christ's perfect standing before God, not because of your righteousness and not disqualified by your sin, but because of Christ's perfect righteousness imputed to you by faith. Romans 3.26 says to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The great reformer Martin Luther observed that the church's doctrine of justification is the doctrine by which the church rises or falls. This doctrine that we're teaching right now in the Word is that critical, not just for the church, but also for you and I. When you understand, friend, that you have a perfect standing, a perfectly good standing with God the Father because of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done, I'm going to tell you it's going to revolutionize your Christian life. Well, the clock's running out. It goes by so quickly in these uh, lessons. Next time, we're going to pick it up and look at the question, why are we justified by faith? Let's take this to the Lord in prayer. Oh, our loving, loving, loving Father. Lord, the dimensions of your love are incredible. You didn't set out to love friends. Your love reached out to enemies. To people like me and everyone else who really ultimately cared more for ourselves than for the glory of God. Father, thank you for such love. 
thank you for love that would be so demonstrated that Christ would die for the ungodly. Dear Father, I pray you would take this word that we have shared together and by your Holy Spirit continue to bring wave after wave of revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of you. Father, for the purpose of knowing you better and in this knowing of such love proved through what Jesus Christ has done for us. Our relationship with you would be revolutionized and we would go out into the world to share this good news. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Dear listening friend, have you discovered the Daily in Christ website? That's our website for this podcast, dailyinchrist.org. And there at this site are all of our uh, lessons that we have taught. I believe we're up to number... 81, I think, so far. 81 different lessons you can download. Uh, There are articles that I have written. um, As the Lord has been teaching me through the years, um, recent articles are Christ in me, the hope of, and unfolding what Christ in me, the hope of glory means from Colossians chapter 1. Here's another one speaking of blessedness, blessed with the blessing of Abraham. And then another article, Abraham's faith was based on the ability of God, not his own ability. Another one, titled, Law of Thinking Drives Us Deeper Into Ourselves and Away from God. And probably the most popular article on the website, Does Blessing Precede Obedience? That one is like off the charts in terms of people who download and read it. All of these resources are available for you, dear friend, without charge at our website, dailyinchrist.org. And that's my heart to keep these resources available free of charge. We are going to be setting up a uh, page on the website with information about how to support this ministry Uh, Maybe by the time you hear this episode, that will be available. If not, just check back at our website, dailyinchrist.org. We are a listener-supported ministry. My heart is to keep all of these resources free of charge. There is a cost for us to bring this to the world, and we appreciate your partnership. Well, thank you so much for the time that you have invested in your own walk with the Lord. Thank you for allowing me to share from the Word of God the goodness of the Lord, and we encourage you to stay tuned next time as we continue our series, Blessed Beyond Imagination, in the Daily in Christ podcast. And dear friend, always remember, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him.